Merry Christmas and welcome to our Christmas literature episode of the Homeschool Journal. Lilo and I today are going to go over much of our Christmas selections that we've either read with our children or that exists in our Memoria Press curriculum. And we hope that you will cuddle up with your children after we're done here today talking about the special things that we can do to read at Christmas. We're especially blessed to have Lee share this time with us, the mother of five, the daughter-in-law of Cheryl Lowe and one of the first teachers that Cheryl ever hired. Let's jump into our conversation and talk all about Christmas literature in our homes. Welcome to the Homeschool Journal, a show that unpacks the joys and journeys of the classical homeschool family. Here's your host, Carrie McGraw. Well, Lee, thank you for being here today. This is going to be a super sweet podcast all about the Christmas literature that we read in our homes. Well, really, you're still reading in your home. We are. We are. But aren't most families still reading? In I homes? hope so. But yes, I still have a primary student, so I'm still introducing a lot of the Christmas right. books. I think some of my reading days have, have definitely slowed down. But but when we get to the end here, I'll share something that we're doing um, at home right now. And But I will look back and say that in my home, there was always a big shift in reading reading at Christmas. Like it was very, became very purposeful. It's always purposeful, but I had, and you brought here today, a a big basket and that basket kept all of our Christmas reading. And um, that was pulled out once a year. And so in the evenings or when we had a slow part of the day, or it was read aloud time or something like that, we'd pull something from that basket. It might not have all had to do with the curriculum, obviously, but it had to do with Christmas. Right. So what about your home during Christmas time? That's exactly what we do too. We store the Christmas books with the Christmas decorations and they come out mm-hmm. um, at Christmas time and they just, you know, are shiny and new all over again every single year in that way. Um, and so occasionally the student, my kids will sneak them into their regular bookshelves and all, <laughs> um, because they they just love them so much. But we do the same thing. They are special Christmas treats um, and we just keep a basket of them as well. So Lee, at Christmas time, you know, reading for us just really brought the season in, um, in into focus, made it a little bit more special. Um, it slowed us down a little bit too, because we did purposely slow down. So what does it do in your home? How does reading uh, special selections during Christmas time enhance your Christmas experience? Well, you know, we're a big, we're a big uh, family of readers. And um, like you said, it just, it focuses us in this special time of year and reminds us of um, our special traditions and of all that we have to be grateful for and all that we can do for other people. And um, we're, my family, um, the children love to sing. And so we have so many of these song books. And so uh, the books really spark a lot of singing in Good. our family. So it's really fun. And, um, and you know, it's just, um, it just reminds us to, to sit and be cozy and um, celebrate this wonderful season and this wonderful gift that we're That's getting. That's right, the, the wonderful gift of Jesus during this time of year. So what I want to do is, uh, Lee has brought us quite a few selections from her own home. And then we have here with us um, a lot of the read-alouds. Now, you had a lot to do with curating, particularly some of the primary read-alouds. And in these, we have just some beautiful selections of Christmas time from the secular and the 
fun all the way through to, you know, the the Christ child. And um, so we're going to pull some of those out. Great. We might read a few excerpts Wonderful. from some of our favorites. Great. Now, you just talked about songs. Right. So I think you've bought several books that are song books or based on song books, right? I did. Yeah, I so did. let's share those. Well, and, um, you know, I, I think um, many in our audience know that I have five children and I had them rather quickly. So the song books and the poetry books were particular favorites of mine when my children were little because it engaged everyone. And, mm-hmm. and we would start singing or reciting poetry in the songs and everyone just sort of gravitated around towards that book. Um, and an added benefit of that is the song, the song books and the poetry books are just a little easier. So if your mind is occupied in a million things, you know, it's just so nice. You can always, uh, it's, it's just a little less taxing for, I think the reading, yes, <laughs> for the is. reading mother. You're not having <laughs> so to think too right. hard. That's, that's right. right. And then children can chime in and finish sentences for you. And then they can, you know, finish the words of a song. So we definitely, um, we love Love the songbooks. This is one of our favorites, the little drummer boy that we start with our tiniest children. And I always, um, I always give gifts, um, books for Christmas to my own children and to everyone around us. We've just, um, we're just starting a collection for my nieces who are, um, one and two. And so these are the ones that we are, that we're Mm -hmm. starting for our littlest ones. Mm -hmm. Um, so we love the little drummer boy. Mm -hmm. Um, I love this good King King Wenceslas. Yes. It's wonderful. And I think that the beauty I love some of the books. Um, this one, All Things Bright and Beautiful, and some of the the song, the the read aloud selections that we have that are song books. I think they're so nice because it really allows you to think about the story of the song. So you know, I don't. I think that when we're singing, maybe we don't necessarily check in intellectually to what's being sung. And so I love having it, um, the words on a page and the actual story, so you can really appreciate the song Absolutely. for its content a little better. Absolutely. Um, Twelve Days of Christmas is always fun, and something that we like to do um, with 12 Days of Christmas. Do you have several of those? Um, We like to have a a collection of a variety of the same book. And so we like to see how different illustrators um, have interpreted the song. And um, we like to make comparisons and, um, you know, and and we just think it's fun to compare, you know, a, a great classic like the 12 Days of Christmas in all its various interpretations. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that you bring out, um, you know, it's important to see how these books have been interpreted by other authors or other illustrators, because that can be so beautiful. That's part of enjoying these beautiful pieces of literature is at this age, particularly the illustrations. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's do some of the primary ones that we have. Um, here at uh, at Memorial Press. So Gingerbread Boy. Okay, I'm going to tell you, this one was always an object lesson in my home. Don't act like this boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We would read it. And I loved it because of the like the rhyme, right? right that right. is so important. You said right. that earlier. Right. But this was the, um, yes, we can read the book, but you're not going to act like this little boy. Um, and then the, the Little Fir Tree, which I absolutely um, love the story of this. The, the little boy who is... Is um, bed bound for quite some time, and his father brings him the tree, and that tree looks forward to being replanted and brought back in, um, you know, every year. I'm going to read this little excerpt here Great. on a page because this is one of the things I love about books. So this is after uh, the man has dug the tree up, and he's going to take it home to his son who doesn't know it yet. It says, "So tenderly the man dug into the not quite frozen ground." He dug a big white hole around the little fir tree. Tenderly, he took all the far-flung roots and tied them in a gunny sack. 
Then he lifted the little fir tree high in the air and proudly he bore him through the forest. Now, this is what I love about this. I love the wording. I love he bore him through the forest. Okay, we could have said he just carried him off. Right, (laughs) right. But the beautiful um, way that some of, you know, our selections, the, the authors put the words together on the page can be so greatly appreciated. Right. And I, you know, that's such a great point. We talk about discernment so often when we talk about our literature and, you know, um, I think you can recognize it in these Christmas books because often the stories are well known or they're familiar and you can just see the elevated language and you can introduce that elevated language um, maybe a little earlier because there's not the added difficulty of understanding the story. And so I think that's a great point, just beautiful language. And that was a prime criteria when we were selecting these (laughs) Speaking of um, familiar stories, though, let's pull out Twas the Night Before Christmas. Um, But this one is one of those books that you talk about when like there's so many different renditions of this. I mean, it's the same poem, but there's so many different authors um, that have put it back together. And and so here with us today, I I brought, I'm going to share this with you. This was, uh, and if you're not watching on YouTube and you're just listening, it's okay. You don't have to go and look, but this is our original Twas the Night Before Christmas. It was a baby gift. Oh, it's a soft, it's, it was sewn by a friend of ours. And so I have kept this. I've not kept enough of our Christmas books, oh, I have to say. Well, that's even better but, than a board book. That's but perfect. I did bring this because, and I, amazingly, it's still clean, probably because I wouldn't let little gre- grimy hands get on it at some point in time. Um, but obviously, look at all these beautiful different versions there are. There are so many that we have of Twas the Night Before Christmas. And if you'll allow me to sure. read just another selection sure. from this, because sure. who wouldn't want uh, to read? We love it. I know. You know, and there's, I'm going to pause and say, like, beautiful books are ageless. They are. Now, you and I talked about that last year in our literature podcast. They are timeless. Right. And I can sit and read this to my teenagers now. They may think I'm crazy, but I might do it anyway. Right, right. (laughs) This is actually how we trickle the children off to bed on Christmas Eve. We all sit around and usually the eldest child or whoever volunteers to read sends us off with the night before Christmas on Christmas Eve. Oh, how (laughs) beautiful. See what you said? You said volunteers to read. That's right. Well, maybe sometimes voluntold. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So here's another selection from this book that really hits me in. Just the beauty of uh, the words put on the page. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. Now, again, the poetry, just the imagery that these words alone, you know, conjure because when it was first published there was no picture with this you know in the 1800s in New York there was no picture so this is this has been one that I think is a, is a treasure as well now you've got a really special one that you want to share oh I love the velveteen rabbit mm-hmm. actually and I'm not I'm not sure that everyone thinks of this as a Christmas book but I do I just think it's a beautiful story um, it, it's just an endearing story and it's one of those stories that exalts truth um, and in a, a simple story. And, um, uh, but the, but the Velveteen Rabbit was given as a Christmas gift to mm-hmm. the, to the child in the story. So it always, it always resonates with me at Christmas because it was such a special gift. Um, and I have, and I have a little excerpt from this book too, because I just think it's, I just think it's lovely. Um, this is about the wise skin horse who lives in the nursery, nursery, who's counseling the Velveteen Rabbit. And it says the skin horse had lived longer in the nursery than any of the others. He was so old that his brown coat was bald in patches and showed 
showed the seams underneath, and most of the hairs in his tail had been pulled out to string bead necklaces. He was wise, for he had seen a long succession of mechanical toys arrive to boast and swagger, and by and by break their mainstrings and pass away, and he knew they were only toys and would never turn into anything else. For nursery magic is very strange and wonderful, and only those playthings that are old and wise and experienced, like the skin horse, understand all about it. And of course, it's the story of how to become real Mm -hmm. um, through love. And I just think it's just a heartwarming story. And I get goosebumps every time I read it. But um, again, maybe not um, what most people would consider a Christmas book, but always in our Christmas rotation. And timeless. Again, (laughs) absolutely timeless. So going back to some younger books um, that we have, um, you you have in your personal reading, but I know is in our curriculum, uh, Mr. Willoughby's Christmas Tree. I absolutely think this is so cherishable. Again, the rhyme. It's full of rhyme and I love it. And it's about how we keep chopping off the top of a Christmas tree and everyone throws out the the top, but the next and smallest animal, you know, uh, picks it up and makes it a Christmas tree in their home all the way down to a little mouse. So really, really precious. Um, Let's see, the Polar Express. Okay. I mean, you know, who doesn't know this one, right? right? Right. Uh, Caldecott Medal Award winner in the 1980s. Right. Um, So absolutely lovely. And um, okay, I have to come to this one. Nobody can have Christmas without how the Grinch stole Christmas. The Grinch, everyone needs to know (laughs) some of the language from the Grinch. It's important to know what a Grinch is. It's important (laughs) to know three sizes too small for a a heart that's three sizes too small. Um, And so it's, you know, this is one of those books that's um, just wonderful. It's an all-time favorite and it really contributes to a lot of cultural literacy because, you know, the the language in the Grinch is just ubiquitous. Um, Well, and and, and it's Dr. Seuss and (laughs) who doesn't love it. And here we go. Um, that's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. So he paused, and the Grinch put his hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. Why, this sounded, this sound sounded merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry, very. He stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. Then he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. That is my favorite part of this entire book. I love I mean. it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, and, you know, again, well, talking about the rhyme. Right. But this is also so expressive. Right. You know, you can read it to your children in such great expression. That's right. Which, of course, is developmentally. Uh, um, helping them. That's exactly right. You know, something about, I actually just read this one um, to my children a couple of nights ago, and it was a, another situation where I was reading to the youngest child and everyone just sort of trickled in and they were all kind of sitting yes, at my feet listening right. to it. But I always find the beginning of that book a little convicting where the Grinch is so, <laughs> he says the noise, 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 noise. And it always reminds me, joyful noise is something that we should have a lot of tolerance for That's in right. our homes. And I That's love it, right. but I always find that you know, a really pleasant reminder for the mother. Who, <laughs> who sometimes appreciates quiet, but really we should just be so grateful for joyful noise. Yeah, therefore, years and years, my kids would wonder, why do you ride in the car without any music? Right. I'm like, just be quiet for a few minutes, please. That's right. So we have some others here. We have um, 
Lucy's Christmas, which is really sweet about the the gift that um, she shares with her. Well, her mother receives a big gift, a big a stove. Right. Um, the beautiful thing about this book is you can read about the author in the back and how the stove still exists. Right. Like, which is really isn't neat. that really and I special. I love the illustrations in this one, and this is the uh, same author as the Oxcart Man, which mm-hmm. is one of my all time favorites. And I just think um, that the stories um, and in just the family, the exaltation in the family in those books and the pictures are just so lovely. The next one I wouldn't miss is The Christmas Miracle of Jonathan Toomey. Okay. Would not right. miss this one. Right. Um, it's lovely. And it's a little heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. In the dearest way. In the dearest way. But so many of our Christmas stories can be. Right. Rather, right. rather heartbreaking. Right. Um, right. But that's okay. It draws us closer to the Christ child in every way, shape, and form, especially, you know, when um, Mr. Toomey is um, creating the nativity for. That's the, right. Yeah. When we first introduced that book at Highlands Latin School, I, I can't tell you how many teachers came and said, I found myself crying mm-hmm. at the end of mm-hmm. <laughs> and Absolutely. So, and so it's just one of those really well-written books that touches your heart. It really does. <laughs> well, let's talk about your next one right here. Oh, the, the, talk is, about touching your heart. This is right? another one that's that's wonderful. You know, we have a book exchange um, at Highlands Latin School. And in fact, we read the night before Christmas poem for our book exchange, which is a tradition at school. And this is a book that we that our family I always ask the children what they want to give in the book exchange. And this is usually one of the contenders. An orange for Frankie. Um, it's it's just a family favorite. This is a great book. Um, and again, you wouldn't necessarily look at the cover and think of it as a Christmas book, but it is. It's wonderful. And um, it just is. It's a beautiful story of sacrifice and in multiple ways. Um, and it's just um, it's, it, you know, it talks at the very end about, um, you know, some Christmas miracles. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I think that this book is great because if we really look carefully, we can see Christmas miracles in all sorts of different places Amen. in the smallest ways that really can just um, just uh, really make the season special for us. And that is a book. This is a book that I think does that. Well, not to be um, flippant, but I'm going to tell you a Christmas miracle when the kids are all grown is getting them back at Christmas. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a couple more. A few more. Okay. Um, this one is Why Christmas Trees Aren't Perfect. Another um, precious. This is another story about sacrifice. How this little Christmas tree wants to be perfect. He wants to be the next one chosen by the queen as the official Christmas tree and um, how he offers himself through the winter to um, a rabbit running by and um, to a, a bird that needs a nest. And by the time winter, you know, this goes through, he just looks raggedy, raggedy, but the queen takes him anyway. You know, he sacrificed himself, but the queen takes him anyway to be the, their official Christmas tree. And I think that is just super, super beautiful. Um, okay. We have to come to the Nutcracker. Okay? The Nutcracker. And there are Again. so many wonderful <laughs> editions of the Nutcracker. There really are. And, you know, of course, uh, we've got two that we keep, one being the full one um, by E.T.A. Hoffman, and then the one that was, you know, um, made into a ballet, which was several years after the original um, penning of uh, E.T.A.'s The Nutcracker and The Mouse King. So um, again, I would recommend both. I mean, that we share both stories sure. uh, with our children. So, sure. And there are so many, there are so many beautiful um, Nutcracker books with so many wonderful illustrations. And in fact, I must have my stack of Nutcrackers somewhere else because <laughs> <laughs> we, we probably have we have several. I, I don't know exactly how. Let's many. go on to your next book because I think, or these next these are, few, these, these are, are beautiful. These are maybe for um, an old, a little bit older mm-hmm. student. Um, the Gift of the Magi by Old by O. Henry is just a lovely book, and um, 
And it's definitely one uh, to read together as a family. Um, And the very end of this book, I just think is just lovely. The Magi, as you know, were wise men, wonderfully wise men who brought gifts to the babe in the manger. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents. Being wise, their gifts were no doubt wise ones, possibly bearing the privilege of exchange in case of duplication. And here I have lamely related to you the uneventful chronicle of two foolish children in a flat who most unwisely sacrificed for each other the greatest treasures of their house. But in a last word to the wise of these days, let it be said that of all who gives gifts, who give gifts, these two were the wisest. Of all who give and receive gift, gifts such as they are wisest everywhere they are wisest they are the magi oh how beautiful i love this book it's just charming well and again bringing in the christ child to everything uh that we do one of the things that was really important to us was advent um and while i have i brought one of them um but you know reading up to Christmas, right? right? To right. Christmas Day. Right. Um, that was always very important. Unfortunately, you know, several years ago with grown children, I purged a lot and I purged too many. <laughs> so I think some of my Advent books went out the went out the door. Um, but you have brought um, some others that are, we're, we're going to stay on kind of that older child here right. and These some are, of the things right. that you share with them. Right. Well, and to your point about Advent, you know, I think that something that's important, these are family read-alouds for students, but I also think it's important to sort of fortify yourself through um, through the season as the mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's and the, and the father um, and um, just, you know, everyone going through the season. So while these are wonderful children's books, there are so many great nourishing books for adults, too, that can help you impart the wisdom of these children's books. And so I think, you know, that's always something that I try to do as well. Throughout, Wonderfully. Um, I didn't think to bring many of those. Um, but <laughs> I didn't I didn't bring those either. But um, oh, this is a book that I really like um, for the older student, particularly um for students who are reciting Horatius at the Bridge. As you know, um, we offer the Winston Churchill Award mm-hmm. for um, students who complete 70 stanzas uh, by memory. And um, so we always like to make sure that students know uh, well who Winston Churchill is. Mm-hmm. And so this is a great book um, about um, uh, Winston Churchill's visit to the United States at Christmas time. And, um, you know, Winston Churchill is not known for being particularly modest. So there are some, um, there are some funny, <laughs> funny semi bathing picture. Right, right. Yes, exactly. But, um, but, um, this, I think this is a lovely, this was an excerpt of his Christmas speech. Um, and I think that it is just lovely. Um, all right. And here we go. And then we have, um, this introduction of Churchill before he speaks. And he says, my associate, my old good friend, Winston and Winston shivering from cold stepped to the microphone. I spend this anniversary and festival far from my country, far from my family. Yet I cannot truthfully say that I feel far from home. We may cast aside for this night, at least the cares and dangers which beset us and make for the children an evening of happiness in a world of storm. Let the children have their night of fun and laughter. Let the gifts of Father Christmas delight their play. In God's mercy, a happy Christmas to you all. Oh, how beautiful. I think that's just lovely. And then and then he goes on to say, um, it's the first time my mind has been at rest for, um, in a long time. Yes. And so I just think that that is just such a wonderful reminder that no matter what struggles we're enduring at Christmas time, there's just always a light um, that we can seek and find. And, and um, hopefully Christmas can bring that peace and joy for us. Well, you have just perfectly segued into one that I'm doing with my kids right now. And um, 
And, and so even when they're older, so I only have two left in the house. It's a 15 year old and a 17 year old. And so we are reading something called Silent Night. And this is by Stanley Weintraub. I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but I'm not good with anything German. Um, and this is all about now it's obviously not World War II, but this is the World War One Christmas truce. Then oh. talking about, you know, creating something special at Christmas, no matter what. Um, this is very historical. So it's but it goes through um, the 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 sides of the war, the trenches and how uh, the soldiers themselves just decide there's going to be a Christmas truce. They end up playing soccer. You know, we haven't gotten that far in the book, but uh, it's a true story. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I guess my point is we can read even now. That's right. right? That's we can exactly always right. read um, and there's always something to pull out. So you talked about, you know, as adults, we right. can we can do that, too. So this one is one that we're going through right now. But some other books that are kind of for the older a little bit older reader. Okay. Christmas Carol. Yes, right. Yes, right. We can't, That's can't right. go without this That's one. Right. That's um, right. Now, this is the version that we have here. And this was the one that I actually read uh, with my children. Very, very special. And I'm going to just take a, one of my favorite spots in right. this book um, is after it's during the second of the three spirits. And um, Ebenezer is taken to view the party that's going on at his nephews. And it's really what his nephew says in response to everyone ridiculing um Scrooge, right? He says, I was only going to say, said Scrooge's nephew, that the consequences of him taking a dislike to us and not making merry with us is, as I think, that he loses some pleasant moments, which could do him no harm. I am sure he loses pleasanter companions than he can find in his own thoughts, either in his moldy old office or his dusty chambers. I mean to give him the same chance every year, whether he likes it or not, for I pity him. He may rail at Christmas till he dies, but he can't help thinking better of it. I defy him if he finds me going there in good temper year after year and saying, Uncle Scrooge, how are you? If it only puts him in the vein to leave his poor clerk 50 pounds, that's something. And I think I shook him yesterday. So I love that portion because it's all about no matter what, we share the Christmas spirit. That's right. No matter what. That's a, so. that's a beautiful book. That's actually one that we typically listen to in the car. I was riding around to all the activities and um, Christmas. It's one that it's one that we never want to miss. But um, since it is a little bit longer, we kind of keep that one. Well, <laughs> so, you know, here's another one. I mean, Little Women. Maybe not everybody would think this is a Christmas time, but I do. And there's something about it so special that it's not only a Christmas time book, but it's for us, it's a Christmas time movie as oh. well. Um, so I really enjoy uh, Little Women. Um, but anyway, this has been, look at all these pile of books. I know, in front of isn't this so fun? <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. We've just had such a good time. I feel like I just want to cuddle up and sit in a corner and read for the it's almost, remainder it's, of the it's day. It's getting, getting close and getting time. So <laughs> we've talked about some silly books, some happy books, some sentimental books, some books that teach lessons. But really the real book to be reading at Christmas is our scripture, is our Bible and getting our kids into um, the story of the nativity, right? That's absolutely right. Um, you know, I know in our family, we're memorizing quite a bit um, from the Christmas story right now. And so we're reciting that.
that. And um, we do the lessons and carols of Christmas mm-hmm. um, at our school, which is the focal point of the Christmas season. And so, you know, that's that's such an excellent point that we need to exalt the right things um, in this beautiful season. And so hopefully the books that we are introducing here um, support the primacy of Christ and his birth at Christmas time. Beautifully said, because the curriculum already is, you know, if they're in Christian studies, they're memorizing scripture at this time. You know, the curriculum is made to celebrate the season. And I think that's part of my my point here is to pull out. Yes, we've le- ended up with this table full of, of books, but to pull out the fact that this is how we write, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, um, you know, we want to pull in the season um, naturally into their lives as they study, as they grow as students through Memoria Press. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. So I think, you know, I would just want our families to know, you know, share time together at this time of year. Take that time. Have that special basket of books that only comes out, you know, once a year. And yeah, mine were stored away with all the Christmas decorations so nobody could take them. That's right. You know, swap them in the room or whatever. That's right. That's why some are missing, right? (laughs) We have to protect the Christmas books. That's right. So I just hope that our readers have, or our listeners, excuse me, and and readers, right, Right. have enjoyed today and, and in the plethora of books that we've tried to present here. But really, just the time that we hope that they take with their families in this special season. Any any last encouraging words, Lee? Oh, I think, you know, our our community, the, the thing that I would say is that I always feel self-conscious offering my suggestions because our audience has tremendous suggestions as well. I'm oh, a daily true. reader of the forum and I use so many of the wonderful tips um, and suggestions of our, of our audience. And so I would say start a thread and throw out your own Amen. favorites because I would love to know what you're reading as well um, because I really value what you're doing with your families as well. And so, you know, I would, I would just love to see that. Please do. I think that's great encouragement. Great action steps. Cuddle up. That's right. Warm heart chocolate. That's nice right. blanket on the couch, but then throw us out a thread that's that right. says, Let this is know. what I'm reading. Let us know what we don't know. All right. Lee, thanks again for today. Thank you, Kira. God bless everyone me. and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Homeschool Journal. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you like our episodes, consider leaving us a positive review and sharing it with a friend. Help us to find more friends to join our homeschool family. I want to give a huge thank you to the Memoria Press Podcast Network for hosting our show and ask that you check out all of our great podcasts there. As always, I'm Carrie McGraw. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.